I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Back with you from New York City, a little vacation. Today on the show, we're going to have Danny West and Pete Roulier join us to talk a little recruiting, talk a little bit about Razorback baseball. We're going to cover pretty much all the major sports and some recruiting stuff today. We'll take your questions as well. All that and more on Hogsports Live. Before we get started, as always, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. Always streaming on Facebook Live, also available on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to both of those channels. Uh, hit the notifications bell on YouTube so you're notified anytime that we upload a new video. And be sure to follow the page on Facebook Live. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Throw us a five-star review if you like the content. And virtually anywhere else you can think of to find uh, your favorite podcast. So plenty of ways to watch and listen. Usually stream the show on Mondays. And I'm not sure on the last day. I think probably Fridays is a good day uh, while football season is is out. But it changes so much. It changes so much with uh, the varying Razorback schedules. And, and it's about to be a cluster. And that's the, the title of today's show because everything is about to intersect. Plenty of ways to sign up also. You can sign up for a dollar. You can sign up for a dollar your first month, excuse me. You can sign up for 30% off your first year as well. Uh, also, when that you come off either of those promos, you're eligible for CBS All Access, which is a $99 annual value, and you get that for free, commercial-free access to CBS. So a lot of good things going on at hogsports.com. Real quick, it's been a couple of weeks since I've done the show. And the reason is because we had National Signing Day. And we did we did some quicker shows, some like 10-minute shows on Malik Hornsby and uh, Marcus Henderson and Jalen St. John's when those guys committed on National Signing Day. But we haven't done the full-length show. I've done some walk and talk after National Signing Day. And then me and the wife took a vacation to New York. Uh, we spent a week almost in New York City uh, for our 10-year anniversary. Had a really good time. Really good time in New York City. Um, figured out the subway system, which was pretty cool. Went and saw Jerry Seinfeld, his stand-up at the Beacon Theater. Uh, we went to the, the Comedy Cellar, which was good and bad. I mean, there were some good comedians and bad ones. It ended up with Chris Redd from Saturday Night Live, who was great. But uh, Tracy Morgan was walking out as we were walking in, so we missed Tracy Morgan. Um, we saw a play called Sleep No More. We saw Book of Mormon on Broadway. Added a lot of great places. I won't bore you with all that stuff, but um, I'm proud I figured out the subway system over there. would recommend to anybody figure out the subway system. It's super cheap and very quick to get around. So the reason I was talking about the cluster coming up is because we are less than a month away from it. And by that, I mean when basketball, football, baseball, and recruiting all overlap. It's a lot to take on as a media person, but one of my favorite times because good busy is good busy. I mean, we're in this industry because we like sports. We like what we do. So, um, to me, it's good to have some downtime kind of, and that's what February has become now with the, the new dead period that stretches out to the 29th. But that lifts on March 1st, and that's when the quiet period begins. And by the quiet period, that means you're going to see on campus 
face-to-face contact with recruits and coaches. And that means a lot of junior days. So starting March 1st, that month until the evaluation period begins, I believe April was April 15th, I believe is when the evaluation period begins. Uh, you're going to see a lot of activity in Fayetteville for recruits. All right. March 11th is the SEC tournament. Okay. And then hopefully for Arkansas, they are on the bubble and we'll get into that. Uh, the NCAA tournament selection Sunday is March 15th. March 16th is the start of spring drills for football. And then March 13th through the 15th is, um, I believe Arkansas plays Mississippi State. I think it's in Starkville, though. But that's the start of uh, SEC play for the baseball team. So I call it the four-team cluster of Razorback sports. It's a fun time, but it's if you consider recruiting a sport, it's the, the four-team the four cluster. So looking forward to that. Up next for baseball, and, and as I mentioned, Pete Rulier is going to join us. He was at all the games this weekend against EIU, Arkansas sweeping that series. But they play a four-game series against Gonzaga on Thursday through Sunday of this week. And, again, we'll get in with Pete Rulier more on that. But uh, first game is at 3 p.m., and you can watch it on SEC Network Plus, but it's at Mom Walker on February 20th. So Arkansas basketball – Man, a lot. It used to be when I went away for a vacation, Arkansas would start getting commitments, and it's like good things are happening. Everybody be, you know, like when are you going out of town next, Trey? But I mean, I come back, Arkansas's on a four-game losing streak. They were on a three-game when I got back and went to the game on on Saturday, which is obviously a tough one. But Arkansas's on a four-game losing streak. They've lost seven of their last nine games, and they're still in the bubble. Still in the bubble. 16-9, and 4-8 in the SEC. They're tied for 10th right now with Ole Miss and Missouri. They own a tiebreaker over Ole Miss, but not Missouri. They get Missouri on Saturday in Fayetteville. But that 10 seed, hopefully Arkansas can get above that, but that 10 seed at least would get them a first-round bye in the SEC tournament. Uh, they'd have a lot to, of work to do to get into the top four teams. But right now – there, most people have them still in the tournament. Some te- some people have them just outside. Uh, I know CBS Sports has them as the last four getting in and and a play on a play in game. So they're in the field of sixty eight. But others like uh, USA Today have them uh, on the outside. I think first four out. They have them first four out. Bracket Matrix has them as a twelve seed, which includes basically everyone. They're 48th in the net, 44 on Ken Palm. So that's where things stand right now. Seven guaranteed games left. Seven guaranteed games left, including uh, the first game in the SEC tournament. And these are winnable games. I mean, uh, you know, at Florida, they haven't won there since 95, so that's going to be the toughest one out of these remaining games. Then they get Missouri at home. Ought to win that one. Should have won that one on the road. They get Tennessee, which is beatable in Fayetteville. At Georgia, another beatable team. LSU, who they very well could have beaten on the road, and they get them in Fayetteville. I think they lost 79-77 to LSU earlier in the year. Uh, at Texas A&M, a team that they can beat, obviously, and have beaten this year. And then the SEC tournament starts on March 11th. It's a tough situation with this basketball team. I mean, I really think that they're given everything they got. And sure, they make mistakes and stuff. Everybody's going to – you can't expect perfection, but – they're just not very big, and Mason Jones has to score 40 points for you to win. He literally has to score 40. <laughs> I mean, 38 wasn't enough. 
38 wasn't enough. You know, down the stretch, like those last 10 minutes and 50 seconds or so, the only players to score for Arkansas were Mason Jones and Desi Seal, who had all 15 of his points in the second half. It's just a tough situation. You lose Isaiah Joe. He wasn't – obviously, he tweaked his knee. He wasn't playing well the last three games or so. Had surgery. Not sure when he's getting back yet. But not having him out there is has been really tough. I mean, really tough. Like I said, they've lost seven of their last nine. But Mason has to pick up so much. He has scored at least 30 points six times this season. Is that right? Six times? And four of the last – I think three of the last four games he scored at least 30, something like that, something ridiculous. But they lean on him a lot. And obviously they don't have a lot of height. They don't have Isaiah Joe. And that's something that I kind of wondered all season, like what happens if somebody gets injured? I mean, there was a stretch there where, you know, things were going really well. And then, you know, that you've got – and nothing against Ethan Henderson, Gene Talsilla, um, you know, Reggie Chaney. But you don't see those three guys on the court very often, you know. And they lost a, a little bit of a flow there, you know, in the first half, came back from 17 down. I mean, that shows a lot of fight and determination, but and a tough way to lose it at home at the buzzer by a guy that hadn't scored. So Arkansas 10th in the SEC, tied for 10th right now. Some opportunities coming up. They got to finish strong if they want to make the NCAA tournament. They're still in there. I mean. They're still – they are the definition of a bubble team right now, even after losing seven of the last nine, including four in a row. But they need to get into that, you know, the top ten seeds. That's that's important. All right. I want to get into Danny now. I told Danny we'd get to him pretty early. So we'll jump into seeing what Danny West has to say about recruiting. So we are in a dead period right now, and the thing about the dead period – it just means no face-to-face contact on or off campus. But it doesn't mean that there isn't plenty of action going on in recruiting. I mean, there's there's still plenty of stuff going on. You can you still see offers going out, all that kind of stuff. What's up? What's up, Danny? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. How you doing? I was just telling everybody about... uh... Fun times in New York. We we're talking a little bit of basketball, touched on baseball a little bit, and um, time to get into some recruiting. Yeah, yeah, not a whole lot going on. I've been jumping into. Uh, I just told everybody there was a ton of stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> commitments flying everywhere, man. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be though, Danny. When I went out of town, when I would go out of town, there you could bank on a commitment. 
you've lost your touch. Man. I guess so. Don't go to New York. Go somewhere in the South. <laughs> yeah, next trip is going to be it. Next trip is going to be somewhere on a beach where I can kick there my feet go. up because I mean New York's fun, but New York is basically an adventure vacation. Yeah, no, it'd be cool to check out. Um, yeah, as far as recruiting Trey, it's been a lot of 2021s. I'm getting into that class, obviously. Mm-hmm. which signing day out of the way now is it's a good time to start calling those kids they'll talk to you right now yeah you know they haven't been burned out on interviews yet so i'm in the process of burning them out right now <laughs> hitting up a lot of them uh you know just throughout the day uh a lot of kids not in school today with president's day so mm-hmm. it's uh off and running so far this week not a ton of new news to be honest with you, in terms of Arkansas, we did have, while you were in New York, just a ton of updates last week. I'm sure mm-hmm. people would love to go back and read all of that. I forget even who all I wrote about, but uh, a few of those stories did really well. Uh, four-star guy like Travion Ford, mm-hmm. defensive end out of St. Louis, that story was really a hit with Arkansas fans. He's obviously from St. Louis. He's been recruited by Barry Odom and those guys for quite a while, and um, you know, he's still maintaining that contact on a daily basis, which is, you know, kind of rare this time of year, but it, it just kind of goes to show where they're at mm-hmm. and uh, what they think of him, that they're showing that much attention and interest in, in Travion so far. So, Danny, I was mentioning earlier, <laughs> we're coming up on the cluster of, you know, football, basketball, baseball, and recruiting all overlapping, kind of like the odds of March. What play is that? I can't remember. I think no, it's uh, Julius Caesar. The odds of March, you know, be, beware the odds of March. But that's when everything just really crosses over with all, if you include recruiting in a, as a sport. But right now we're in a dead period, and that lifts on March 1st, right? That's correct. Is, is, have they got plans to start doing it? They already had one junior day because you had to do that basically the last recruiting weekend. So are there plans yet for yes. uh, future junior days? Can you fill us in on Maybe I don't know if it's a rough outline or if they've got some big stuff planned. I know Chad always had uh, you know the big the woo pig out and all that stuff the woo, the kickoff whatever. Sure. Um, but yeah, what do they got planned? Well, March seventh is the first big date that I'm aware of. Obviously, that's the first Saturday in March. So mm-hmm. uh, as you said, there the dead period lift on the first. They could start bringing kids back to campus March first, but that's a Sunday, so mm-hmm. you get through that week and. Uh, the 7th, 14th, 21st, and 28th, obviously, are going to be key weekends for them. not saying any of them are going to be bigger than the other, but, um, you know, no type of blockbuster event that I'm aware of so far. But, obviously, they're going to be bringing in kids. What's, what's the spring date, uh, start date, Trey? 16th? Yeah, March 16th is when they start. And then they'll yeah. and then they'll have – well, does it just have the week? And then they'll have a spring break for spring a week. Break. And, then, and then they'll come back. You and like that it. setup? I do. I think that – especially for a new squad, you know, obviously you you enjoy your spring break, enjoy your spring break. But uh, I think you get in there, you know, you go through the process of, you know, slowly acclimating pads because you got to go through so many days without pads and all that stuff. Uh, So you're able to do that. You're able to get into some stuff, some basic core elements, and this is how we do things. And even though they're able to do more stuff now with the players than they have been in the offseason, you still can't have a ball. Um, but I think you get, you know, what, three or four practices in, something like that, and then take spring break. The first week, I yeah, think. Yeah, three. And then take spring Monday, break, and you get some time to, you know, maybe get into your playbook, 
even if it's just traveling to Florida or wherever you're going or if you're staying back, um, you can get into your playbook. You kind of get an idea of how things are supposed to be run. And you, you get a week to think about it. And then, you know, it's full go the rest of the time. You know, until How much do you think they're down there on the beach studying that playbook, though, truthfully? On spring break, right? But uh, it, you know, it's a, you know, it's what a twelve-hour opportunity. It's a twelve-hour drive, <laughs> so right. you at least get that. But no, not not spending a lot of time unless unless you're a guy like Felipe Franks. I do remember like last year Ben Hicks. I don't. Well, no, no, Ben Hicks did go to spring break. He did. He thought it was more important to, uh, you know, mingle with the players and get to know everybody. I believe yeah. uh, instead of like sitting back, but you know, so I think some players will, you know, take advantage of that, you know, and, and sit back and, you know, maybe stay at home and, and study up on some stuff. Who knows? Who knows? I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I just can't believe it's already, what, what is that? I'm about the way now. Just Dude, February has, three, four flown, weeks away. February has flown by. I mean, it's the 17th already. You. I can't believe how fast this year is already already kicking off but uh i keep telling myself you know hey this dead period's gonna end pretty soon i might mm. want to take a day oh yeah <laughs> might want to take a day for a little bit especially I since i doubled up your duties while i was going in new york i was like oh, hey danny do yeah, all the you know, uh all the recruiting stuff cover national signing day and right when it's over i'm i'm taking a vacation <laughs> well you know the worst part about it it's not it's not all that much more work mm -hmm. it's just having to wake up and send that newsletter you mm -hmm. know me yeah. i'm not a morning guy Mm -hmm. And that thing's got to go out. Very few people in the media are. Very few people yeah, in the media it's are. It's just a different different deal. But, yeah. no, it was good. I think we did okay without you. Yeah, <laughs> good. Didn't break anything. Good deal, good deal. Yeah, I always put, always put that notice, emergency numbers are on the fridge. Uh, yeah. Don't tear the place down while I'm gone. But, um, well, what else, Danny? Anything else going on in recruiting here lately well, that we can touch on? Well, back on that, uh, that 21 class, you know, this it's also a fun time of year for me to sit back and watch this in-state crop right. start to come together this time of year. Um, obviously, a ton of new offers are coming in. A perfect example of that is a kid I wrote about this, this morning, Marco Avance out of Jonesboro. He actually transferred to Jonesboro High from Forest City, and mm -hmm. we've got a story on Marco right now. He's, he's uh, you know, Putting up quite the offer list so far. He's got A-State, Kansas, Monroe just offered last week, Southern Miss, Memphis, a bunch of others, but also receiving quite a bit of interest from Arkansas and Mississippi State. I know he's visited uh, A&M a couple of times now. So, yeah, this is a guy, you know, 6'3", 210, somewhere in that range. Good-looking frame. He came up for uh, junior day a couple of weeks ago. and I think they like him. They're not ready to pull the trigger just yet on that offer, but – Marco's the guy I'm keeping my eye on, and you know it's really a uh, a good looking class when you think about a lot of these guys in the state. Uh, you know, you've already got one commitment from Terry Wells, mm -hmm. uh, offensive lineman out of Win. Everybody keeps watching Drayden Norwood because he's a four star out of Fort Smith Northside. But then you start to get into that group like Mason Brotherton, Aaron Outley, um, Arrington McCray, right here at Harbor. Just a ton of guys that, you know, I'm still curious about myself trying to sort through them so we can start putting together that natural 21 here pretty yeah. soon. But uh, I think, you know, just as a general thought, this class is probably going to be a little better than I anticipated. Well, that's always good to hear. You know, there's been a lot of people talk about this recruiting class and, you know, how will Sam Pittman and this staff do with a full year to recruit. But it usually starts with having a really solid in-state class in terms that's of – 
you know, being very well regarded and highly ranked, just like the, the, the 2019 class. I mean, that was an excellent crop inside the state. And they also went outside and, and did a lot of good things too. Uh, but I'm anxious to see exactly how good of a class. Because Pittman, I, I love Pittman's honesty. In fact, somebody had a really good post on the board about, uh, you know, just the transparency of Arkansas coaches now versus what we've seen in the past. You know, Musselman, everybody knows how Musselman feels when he walks into the room, you know. Um, He's going to lay it out there. Uh, Sam Pittman, you know he's about as honest as they come. I mean, what other coach out there said, you know, I'm pleased with the way things are in the recruiting class, but we can do a lot better. You know, what other coach out there says that? And then, of course, Dave Van Horn is Dave Van Horn. So I I really like that aspect of it. And, you know, for me, I felt like I was venting a lot of frustration for Razorback fans when I would do the walk and talk, you know. I think you were too. Yeah, but (laughs) – it's not in basketball. I don't know that I'll ever really have to do that because we can watch Eric Musselman post game. He, he does it for you. <laughs> yeah, he does. And I'll it. tell you, that's for me watching this basketball team right now. That's probably the hardest part about it. Yes, is, you know Musselman. Yeah, you know how frustrated he is because mm-hmm. he's run out of answers. Right, I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy who always has the answers. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's just infuriating to him right now, and you hate it for him because. You know, I tell people all the time, you give him Bill Self's roster right now or yeah. the Baylor roster. Come on, man. I'm not sure they've I'm not sure they'd have more than two losses right now. Right. And it does it doesn't do us any good as anybody. It doesn't do us any good, Danny, to like look back and, you know, say what might have been, but you know, they're in these last nine games, I mean, you've got a seventy nine seventy seven loss to South Carolina, seventy nine seventy six in overtime to Auburn. 83-79 in overtime to Missouri, and then the 77-76 loss to Mississippi State. I remember when, when that you know when they took the ball down the court, I was just thinking, oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you just you just kind of knew I, it. And I that ball lucky. hung up. I wasn't able to watch that game. That ball was, hung uh, up there on the rim, Danny. I mean, and just slowly dropped down from a guy that hadn't scored the whole game. You know, when I first saw it, Trey. You know, it, it did hang on the rim there. I saw the replay of it, mm. and uh, I thought there might have been a little bit of interference with that ball. Oh, I really? It was above the cylinder. At just first glance, I'm not. Mm. I'm not sure that's a popular opinion. I haven't seen it enough or close enough to watch it. But uh, yeah, for my first glance was, man, that's goaltending. Well, there's a so, lot of advantages of being at the game and you know experiencing the crowd, which was a great crowd once again. But you do miss things like that sometimes where, oh, yeah. you know, replay and, you know, what the what the announcers are saying about it. And um, I don't I don't know about you, Danny, but I always – if I'm at home watching the game, which, you know, we kind of rotate around on, who, on who's going to the games. Pete usually goes. But uh, if I'm at home, especially for a road game, I always turn on Zimmerman and Chuck Barrett. And, yeah. you, you know, you can just – I use tune-in radio – and you can, you know, pause your TV and pause the radio and, and sync it up and listen to Zimmerman. You don't have to listen to the SEC Network guys say hoist every time somebody shoots a three-pointer, which I don't know why they keep saying hoist. But at the same time, Trey, <laughs> you, you might missed, uh, you might have missed Andy Kennedy dropping. Uh, yeah, well, I was at I mean, the, I was at the Ole Miss game. It's pretty entertaining when AK's on there. I was at the Ole Miss game, yeah, when he dropped the Ron <laughs> Jeremy reference. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. Man. Wow, that's, that's so good. Uh, I was howling. Yeah. <laughs> so great. You know, I put on there. I, he I, seems I, like a good good old country guy. I like that guy. Yeah, I, I've always I always liked Kennedy. I mean, he just, you know, he's he, he coached for Ole Miss, so, you know. But, yeah. 
when you posted that on Twitter that he had said Ron Jeremy, I, was, I posted, who's Ron Jeremy? <laughs> and people, yeah, like everybody knows who Ron Jeremy is. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, that Danny. Was a good one. Well, I think we yeah, pretty much sorry, did it, I right? A, I don't have a ton of commitment. Stuff. Hey, let me ask you this real quick before I let you go. Okay. So for the rest of the class, you still got two slots left, right? Ah, boy. That's two weeks ago now. I think you've got one left. You brought in the kicker. Oh yeah, AJ Reed. He's right. A scholarship. So he is on so. scholarship. Okay. So yep. I, that would have been something. I, I. I mean, I was there, but I think it was still up in the air of whether or not he'd sure. be on scholarship or not. So, yep. so you got one left. They could use a tight end. Xavier Kelly's still out there. I guess I haven't still even checked out up there. on that. Yeah. Still out there. And the thing is, he don't have to be in any type of rush because mm-hmm. he's still got to finish out this semester. You know, he would be a early summer enrollee anyway. So right. he's still got time, but. On the other hand, I mean, you never know. You could uh, you could open up a spot somehow, maybe. Wonder if could you convert somebody? Maybe you could play like to tight end. Yeah, I mean, I would hate to say like Traylon Burks play some tight end, but maybe cross train him in some kind of way. You know, I mean, he could be a matchup issue for linebackers. Could be, but man, yeah, he's a matchup issue at wide receiver. He's a matchup yeah. issue everywhere. We'll get into my top yeah. 10 hogs at the end of the show, by the way. Uh, I'm going to break that down. All right, Danny. Appreciate you, All man. Right, All, right. All right. That's Danny West, HAWGsports.com. Again, most of Danny's stuff is VIP. So if you want to read what Danny has to say, you need to check out hogsports.com. Sign up for the dollar deal right now uh, for your first month. Find out what you're missing. And if you like it, you stick around, and you can also get CBS All Access once, uh, once you're out of any other promo. Or you can sign up for 30% off your first year. Again, you don't get CBS All Access with that, but that's more of a loyalty perk type of deal. But Danny does a great job covering recruiting. And, I mean, it's February 17th. It's been, you know, obviously we're in a dead period, so there's just there's offers and, you know, some recruiting reports and stuff coming out right now. But things will really pick up again March 1st once the quiet period begins. Okay. We probably should get into Pete Rulia and talk a little bit of baseball now. And, I'm gonna again, I'm going to say my top ten hogs – discussion for the end of the show and I've got some other stuff along those lines going to come out pretty soon too but I told Pete we go about 11 45 before we get him in so hey Trey can you hear me all right we got you Pete got you loud and clear how you doing I'm doing all right man who's Ron Jeremy <laughs> that is exactly how you should always state that <laughs> No, I, I remember y'all talking about that, and mm-hmm. I was with you at the Ole Miss game, and yeah. people were getting on to you like, Trey, come on, man. And yeah. I was like, I'll, I'll get it on this. I was like, go ahead and Google Trey. And people <laughs> thought that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that's how I always answer questions like that. So, Pete, baseball uh, is underway. Arkansas had their opening series um, swept uh, Eastern Illinois pretty convincingly each time, and, and up next is Gonzaga. What are you seeing out of these hogs uh, early on here? I don't think it could have gone better, honestly. And uh, yeah, pretty convincing wins. Of course, the uh, first one was a five to one victory, and that's because they had Will Klein on the mound, who was actually pretty good left. He's going to get drafted to the MLB, so it was good to see them actually play some competition mm-hmm. on the mound. And it took them a couple of innings to get over it, but once they got once they got a hold of Klein, the rest of the series was cake. And then, of course, the story at the plate was Heston Kerstad, four homers, uh, ten RBIs. I mean, Trey, those numbers are unheard of in an opening weekend series in college baseball. Mm-hmm. A 583 average, slugging 166.7. I mean, 
just insane numbers. And he, he probably would have had five if there was one in the seventh inning of Sunday that just didn't get over the fence that got him to 10 RBIs. But, yeah, man, it was just an excellent weekend all around. The uh, entire order got a hit. Casey Martin was struggling over the first two games. I was like, man, is he still slumping from, from last season? But once he got that double in the second game, he looked like he was back to his normal self. So this lineup is potent. Starting pitching was um, – I, I thought that Connor Nolan and Patrick Wicklander were both phenomenal, especially Connor Nolan. He looks like um, he's every bit of that Friday night guy, somebody who's been wanting this competition for a while. He quit football. He's been playing two sports his whole life. Uh, he was ready to get out there and compete, and uh, he was very, very impressed. And then Blake Adams pitched three innings. Uh, he saw he saw some promising stuff out of him, but the pitching rotation looks fine. Uh, yeah, you're gonna see that you're gonna you're gonna get a lot more competition from Gonzaga next weekend, so it'll be a little bit easier to see what the team's gonna look like. What kind of velocity is is Connor showing? He was like low nineties, I guess, last year. Yeah, he was, he was pretty much consistently around 89 mm-hmm. last season. Um, see, the thing about the uh, video board at Bomb Walker is Dave Warren's always – No, no, no. He's always saying, yeah. like, man, hey, Dave, saw Elijah Tress throw 97. Then he goes, well, well, I don't know about that. Yeah. That video board is always a couple miles an hour. I was about to say, I thought it always showed it, but um, it's, yeah, he says it's, it's a couple uh, miles an hour off. Like, <laughs> yeah, how? <he's> <laughs> like, it's, like, always too high. So There's no, like – you can't like yeah. tune it up, Ani, can you? I mean, <laughs> no, that's, that's it's either. basically what he's saying that they're trying to tune it up, and he's he's mm. not having it because they're trying to give praise to the kid who went out there. You're like, hey man, let's talk about how good he did. He's like, well, it's not that impressive. That's how Dave is. He's a really honest guy. But, yeah, yeah. No one's velocity is up a couple miles an hour. Who knows? And I think it saw him reach 95, but it's probably closer to 93. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's consistently. He's consistently throwing 93. And yeah, that's really effective and. I mean, combine that with his changeup that he's worked on and his breaking ball. He's gonna be a, he's gonna be a Friday night guy, no doubt in my mind. People always said it didn't make a big difference going from baseball to football, like throwing, but it's a completely different throwing motion. I just never understood that mm-hmm. take because he was in, you know, he would be about to start spring football like he did last year, you know. And well, yeah, there's 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 no doubt that Todd Nolan's the type of kid. Just I mean, you've you've interviewed him during football. He's mm-hmm. just really mentally all there. Um, really impressive young man, and there's no doubt in my mind he could do both if he wanted to, but I don't think that he could have, make this jump the way he has this sophomore season if he wasn't doing, uh, if he was still doing football. It's right. just focusing on, we've got a pitcher like Matt, pitching coach like Matt Hobbs, mm-hmm. who the Yankees wanted, who like pretty much every every MLB team wants. Um, yeah, and then also you're right, man. I, I mean, I don't know why people think that football and baseball is the same thing. If you're focusing on baseball full-time, like, there's going to be a big difference. I mean, it's completely different. Yeah, yeah, a lot different. So, Pete, basketball, you've been covering basketball and holding, helping hold down the fort while I was going to New York. Um, what do you think about this basketball team right now? I mean, it's uh, it's been a rough little stretch here. and it's It hadn't been a disaster aside from the Tennessee game, mm-hmm. um, but they're not winning. Yeah, the Tennessee game was a, a pretty big surprise for me because – you and I were talking about it. They, they've been. This is not the type of team that gets blown yeah. out. At least they've been keeping. It they close. haven't laid an egg like, yet. That's the first egg that they've laid this season. But right, that's what I, happens I, I when you only get nine points out of Mason Jones. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, that Mississippi State game, I wasn't there because I was covering baseball. But I mean, you, you were talking about it. the crowds have been phenomenal. Yeah. And it seemed like that was the game that after that seventeen point comeback, they were going to get over the hump. Mm-hmm. I feel like that one really hurts the most, and it kind of feels like, man, this season is. 
has so much promise at first, and now it's kind of slipping away. Yeah, I know you get Joe back pretty soon. I just don't see this team being a tournament team, especially after that last loss, because that could have been so much momentum going into Florida. Yeah. Well, they're um, firmly on the bubble right now. I mean, everybody's you know got them on or off. You know, I mean, they're they're the definition of a slipping. bubble team right now. One right. one one group has them. Who is this? I think it's um, realtimerpi.com has them as a seven seed. Wow. Yeah. That's, I, I can't see that. <laughs> that's the, the, I mean, there's like bracket matrix has like 50 different brackets, you know, that they take into account right. and average out. Uh, but realtimerpi.com is the one that has them uh, the highest as a seven seed. But I mean, still, you know, CBS has them for a last four in, you know, I mean, so there, there are reputable outlets that still have them in the tournament, even though they've lost seven of their last nine games, including four in a row. And again, four of those losses during that stretch have been really close. I mean, here's the, here's the thing, Trey, like, I know I'm like most people and you always want to try to find somebody to blame. Right. Mm-hmm. And you look around and maybe, maybe there's one game. So-and-so is to blame or this other person's to blame or the circumstances to blame or Musk is to blame because he's been playing them for too long or something like that. But to me, it's just, man, there's just so such a lack of depth yeah. and lack of size that, it's impressive that they have the record that they have right now. I agree. I, mean, I, I just, think that's one really reason. To overcome that. I think that's one reason you still see, you know, people packing Bud Walton Arena, and it hasn't been completely packed, but it's been sold out several times. And there are mm-hmm. a couple games that are sold out, moving, you know, upcoming on the schedule already. So I, I just think that the fans see what can happen. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, the basketball. I think fans the fans see where this thing is headed. And it's just – you just don't – you know, this you got the X's and O's guy. You just don't have all the Jimmys and Joes. And I don't mean to slight the players on the team, but, I mean, you've got Mason Jones really and, you know, Desi's there every once in a while and Jimmy's there every once in a while. You know, Isaiah Joe's obviously sidelined. Um, you know, sometimes Reggie Chaney pops up and has a really good game. But you, just, you just don't have enough uh, on this team right now, so – yeah, Jalen Harris seems like he has been struggling a little bit too, and he's one yeah. of those guys that looked like he was going to pick it up. Had a critical I mean, turnover. That was uh, bad, Saturday. Man. Yeah, that, that was... was really bad. We were watching at the uh, in the baseball press box. I mean, Brooklander threw his first pitch, and everyone's looking at the TV. Twenty seconds left. It looks like Arkansas had it. And yeah, I don't know. Did, did Musselman go back to the press room? Was he talking about that play? Because that's one of the worst plays I've seen. Yeah, in a I, I can't remember. I think he brought it up. I mean. Yeah, I mean, he was actually, you know, handled that one pretty well. But as we've said, you know, you can tell Musselman does not take losing very well. You know, he just. I think the fans like that. No, I like it. I like it fine. I mean, I, I, and I totally Chad get Morris. it. I, I mean, I'm not a very good. I like I try to project, you know, being a <laughs> yeah. good sport. But inside, if I lose at anything, I mean, I'm just not happy. Just like I can feel the rage, but I just push it down. That's the healthy way to do it. You just push it down and tuck it away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you saw my video after the Titans lost. I mean, I've been a Titans Grizzlies fan. Like, this is uh, – Yeah, I thought you were going to cry. Get, I get used to this. I get used to this. <laughs> I thought you so were going to – when the victory comes, it's going to be even sweeter. Arkansas fans are craving something great to happen. Yeah. And I think with the coaches that you have on the uh, on the hill right now, especially in basketball and baseball, we'll see what Pittman can do. Yeah. Something's going to happen. Just keep on packing the bud. Keep on packing bomb. I, I mean – I, I can just feel that something special is about to happen. Yeah, I think somewhere. so. And Arkansas is due for it. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the state of the football program is just awful. Anyway. All right, Pete. <laughs> Anything else All to right, add? 
Yeah, I, I was going to say one thing about Braden Webb. He's leading mm-hmm. off. I was about to write something on him, man. Um, that was really impressive because we lose Tre- Trevor Ezell from a season ago who was playing first and was just honestly a phenomenal grad guy to have. He, uh, Braden Webb's a Juco guy, but hitting leadoff, he scored a run in the first inning every game. So mm-hmm. you're not going to miss much from him. That was a, that was really impressive about him. All right, Pete. Appreciate you, brother. All right, you take it easy. All right. All right, everybody, that's Pete Rule. Yeah, he does a great job for us. You can read most of Pete's stuff free. The kind of the way we do things, VIP and free, VIP is stuff that's about to happen, stuff we research, you know, stuff that we're projecting, uh, things like that. Free stuff, you know, stuff that has happened, game recaps, press conferences, those types of things. And Pete does a great job with all that stuff. You can sign up um, for a VIP membership at hawgsports.com right now for $1. Or you can sign up for free. You can go log on for free. Or you can sign up for the newsletter for free. Just go to the middle of the page. You'll see a little box there. Enter your email. It'll send you a verification. And boom, you'll get all of our free content uh, delivered. We probably run somewhere anywhere from probably anywhere from 200 to 250 or so uh, articles every single month. And a lot of those are free content. And a lot of them are VIP too. So Pete does a great job with that. I want to get into my top 10 now. Top 10 hogs entering spring football. This is my opinion. This isn't an official list. You know, I think there's some guys. I'll go ahead and tell you one guy that, you know, a couple of guys that I didn't mention on the list, uh, Jalen Catalan. And, uh, you know, just because I, I think he's got a lot of potential, but, you know, I, there's only room for 10. And I, I just had some other guys a little bit higher heading into camp. Uh, Myron Cunningham is another guy that, um, you know, people have said that I, I could have had on there. But here's the list. Number 10, Ricky Stromberg. So Stromberg is an interesting story. This is a guy that registered the second highest spark rating in the country for offensive linemen uh, and did it at 320 pounds, well overweight. Played at 280 as a senior, so he dropped a lot of weight. But this guy had a 27.9-inch vertical jump, and that was the highest in the country for anyone over 280 pounds, and he did it at 320. So he's very explosive, and we saw that last year. He started 11 of 12 games. Um, came in at about 266 pounds. By mid-September, he was about 279. He had a sickness. 6'4", 279. He's obviously going to get bigger, but Strongberg is a guy with a lot of potential. I think we all saw that, him playing as a true freshman. Matteo Soli is number nine, who start, also started 11 games out of 12 as a true freshman, including most of it with a club on his right hand. Without an opposable thumb, it was just a ball. Didn't have a single sack. This is a guy that had 22 and a half sacks as a senior in high school. So you know he can get to the quarterback, but didn't have any sacks last year. That's going to change next year, I think. Next season, I should say. Dorian Gerald, the most bizarre injury we've seen in a while. Really the craziest injury I think I've seen since Dennis Johnson fell on the football and had like abdominal tears or something. Like, I can't remember what he had, but it was something serious. But Dorian Gerald had a strained artery in his neck. This is a guy that came in dramatically overweight as a true fret, or excuse me, out of junior college in 2018, dramatically overweight, really didn't start getting going until the last three games. I think he started the last three games that year. Had a great offseason, looked great, dropped down to 261 pounds, played really well, I thought, in the first half of the first game and then was injured. And that impacted a lot. I mean, you lose the tandem of McTelvin Aguim and Dorian Gerald. You bring in a freshman uh, to replace him, slide Gabe Richardson over to his spot, actually, and bring in Matteo Soli, who had the club on his hand. Just that was a tough situation for him. But he comes back for a, another senior year, 2.0. I think that works out well for him. Noah Gatlin's number seven. This is a projection pick for me. I've always liked Noah Gatlin since the first day I saw him in camp. 
um, as a freshman. And then, of course, last year in camp, on the first day, he tears his ACL. Dustin Fry told me it was like coming down for Christmas and your tree's on fire. It just kind of stunk for him. So Dorian Gerald and Noah Gatlin, two rough situations in a very rough year last year. But Gatlin's back, 6'7", 302 pounds. I just think he's got a lot of potential to be a really good player. So I have him at number seven. Number six is Trey Knox. Finished with 29 catches. This is a guy that just kind of – he had an injury. You know, he had a few injuries here and there. But this guy caught 20 of his 28 catches last season in weeks two, three, and four. Just did not have a very strong finish. And a large part of that is because Arkansas's quarterback situation was so up and down, just all over the place at the end. So you got to get somebody to get in the ball. But he has so much potential, 6'5", 205 pounds. Just a great kid, too. If you've ever had a chance to talk with Trey Knox, you know, you can just kind of see it. A couple of special wide receivers there. Number five is Monteric Brown. People only notice cornerbacks when they give up big plays. But Monteric, like a lot of Razorbacks, you know, kind of faded there towards the end, started giving up some more big stuff. But I thought he started off the season really strong. He's a very good tackler. In fact, I would call him at the cornerback position an excellent tackler. And that's probably has something to do with his safety background. But I think he's Arkansas's best defensive back and may have been Arkansas's best defensive back last year, even with Cam Curl. So, Monteric Brown is my number five. Number four, projection pick, Jonathan Marshall, the strongest guy on the team, 6'3", 299 pounds. I felt like Marshall probably should have started last year. There were just times he'd go in the game, you're like, wow. I mean, he, he shows a lot of explosion. I'm not sure why he wasn't a starter, but he probably played as much as the starters anyway. But um, Arkansas is going to have two new defensive tackles, probably him and um, – and uh, Isaiah Nichols starting a defensive tackle, at least heading into the spring. But I could see Marshall having, an, you know, kind of an Armand. Not that he played like Armand Watts did his first four years, three years or whatever, because Armand Watts just kind of – all of a sudden as a senior, he was a really good player, draftable. But Marshall, I could see him having a really big impact next season, especially under new defensive line coach Derek LeBlanc. Number three is Bumper Pool, who played very well last year overall. Probably asked to play too much, just like linebackers have been for the last eight years, it seems. But uh, Bumper Pool started all 12 games last season, 22 career games, 16 starts so far, 94 tackles, six and a half behind the line of scrimmage, which is second on the team in both categories. Um, you know, Bumper's a guy that's got a name that'll jump out to a lot of people. Bumper pool, they see that. Oh, he's got 100 tackles, all SEC. That's literally how it works a lot of times with media picks. So I could definitely see Bumper pool if he puts up 100 tackles next year, earning all SEC status. Traylon Burks is my number two. 6'3", 223, a guy that needs to be doing everything next year. He needs to be like Mason Jones in a lot of ways for Arkansas football. Underutilized last year, 29 catches for 475 yards, 16.4 yards of catch, didn't find the end zone, touched the ball 62 times. I would like to see that number triple 180 times, 180 touches, whether it's end around, running back, wildcat quarterback, um, and catching the ball traditionally at wide receiver. And as I mentioned, you know, as a big-bodied guy, maybe he's a guy you line up at tight end every once in a while too. He could be some mismatches uh, for some linebackers also. So, you are thin at tight end. So, you know, body type-wise, he's probably the guy that fits that best if you wanted to do that some, mix that in there. So, Traylon Burks has a chance to be one of the all-time greats, but if they don't get him – I mean, you got to get him the ball. Otherwise, he's just going to be a, known as a guy that has a lot of potential and probably goes on to the next level and they're like, why didn't they utilize him more? 
Number one, Razorback is Rakeem Boyd. This was a huge, this is Sam Pittman's biggest get so far in the three months that he's been here. Guy ran for 1,133 yards and eight touchdowns on just 184 carries last year, 6.2 yards a carry. So he's played on two two win teams at Arkansas, first enrolled at Texas A&M, had a big year in junior college, um, made the Netflix special, Last Chance U, kind of became a household name in a lot of ways. Um, but it's rare that a guy would, would run for 1,000 yards as a redshirt junior and come back for a fifth year in college. So that's a big get for him. I mean, he could if, – if he stays healthy, he could – really have a big year in this offense, like a really big year, and probably improve his draft stock. So it makes sense in a lot of ways for him to come back. If you can improve your draft stock enough that, you know, you make up financially for that first year and build on it, uh, you know, I think it's a good move. Even though running backs are, you know, it's a tough position to play because they are prone to injury. But his best game last year was 185. His best game of his career was 185 rushing yards on a season low, eight carries, and a 45-19 loss to Western Kentucky, which makes no sense. How are you going to run for 185 yards on a season low, eight carries, and a 45-19 loss? It's starting to make me mad thinking about it. Honorable mention, I mentioned Catalan. I mentioned um, – Myron Cunningham, Mike Woods, expected to be a, a starter again. I guess this will be his third year as a starter at wide receiver. Traylon Smith is a running back that drew a lot of praise from the previous staff and teammates last year who had to sit out. He's a sit-one guy. Grant Morgan, very reliable and steady linebacker. Jarquez McClellan, who did have his moments and it needs to be more consistent. Hayden Henry, uh, another steady linebacker, needs to stay healthy. Joe Fouché, who I thought started strong. Kind of faded there towards the end. Isaiah Nichols, who I mentioned a minute ago, a starter at defensive tackle. Ty Clary, who, you know, has done some good things, but I'm interested to see what happens with his snaps with a new offensive line coach because a lot of those snaps just kind of fluttering back there, and they're like, oh, that's good. But really, I mean, it takes too long to get the snap back. Uh, he did improve in that area, but I, I, I want to see Clary do a better job getting the ball back there. Felipe Franks has a chance to be a huge impact, maybe make the biggest impact out of any of the newcomers. And then, of course, K.J. Jefferson, who showed a lot of raw potential last year. So that's my top ten hogs. I'm also working on something top ten second-year players, um, and some of those guys will overlap, but a lot of them won't. And um, I think that will be an interesting story also. Let's check out a couple of questions here. We'll go just a few more minutes. So if you've got a question, go ahead and get them in. Johnson, Jim, and Brenda says, love our hogs. Charlie Harrod says, I love Razorback baseball. Daniel and Jill Walters, a lot of double accounts here. What's the holdup with Ebony Jackson? Uh, he's just got to get some things taken care of, basically, to where they feel good about signing him. But they only have one spot left. I think they have they only have one spot and they have needs. I mean, Xavier Kelly we talked about, that would be a welcome addition at defensive tackle. I think they need a tight end. They need another running back. I mean, they have one spot and three areas that they I think they really need to fill. So I think that's what it is. They want to make sure that he's you know, going to make it on campus if they're going to burn that last spot on him. Michael Kevin, I mean, Ebony, there's no question the kid can run. I mean, he would be a welcome addition, but I think they just got to wait on a couple things. Michael Kevin Matheny, the second, says, any news on if the spring game will be in Little Rock or Fayetteville? Right now there's not any news on that. It is slated to be, I believe, is it the 24th? March 24th, I think that's right. I haven't looked at that in a little bit. But uh, if the NCAA clears it, then it will be in Little Rock. If not, then it will be back up in Fayetteville. 
Gary Witt says, what is the national number for football? The national number for football. I'm not sure what you're asking, Gary. Sorry. Joel Still says, when will Joe be back? Hopefully before the SEC tournament. Uh, my experience, you know, these – you see knee surgery, and it's going to be that short of a time. So my experience tells me it's a meniscus, right, which they often refer to as a sprained knee or going in to clean some stuff up. To me, torn meniscus. I don't know that officially. I'm just saying that's usually what it is. For football, it's like six weeks before you're back all the way. For basketball, they, you know, they've kind of indicated that it's, it may be a little bit shorter time, and it, it depends on the player. It depends on how severe the injury is. You know, they, they sometimes throw out those numbers, but they don't account that these guys are like 19 years old and getting treatment all day, every day if they want it. You know, I mean, versus me, who's 42, I'm going to heal a lot slower, unfortunately. I noticed that and don't have somebody to look after me. Uh, Brent Danley says, any news on the Clemson DT? I think we covered that. And Tony Ball says, what style of offense can we expect? You expect up-tempo, uh, a lot of running. They're going to use a tight end attached and, um, you know, as a sniffer, H-back type. Um, a lot of different formations. They'll move the ball fast. I think it helps in this offense to have a mobile, mobile quarterback. It's not that you have to have that, but I think it works best when you do. A lot of shots downfield. Yeah, I mean, at its best, you know, 300-something rushing yards and 250-something passing yards probably, you know, at its best. So – and it's when he was at Baylor and they had the number one offense in the country, they were the number one offense. I think they were top five in rushing and top 20 in passing. So they still pass the ball a lot, but uh, they're going to want to run the ball a lot. There's a lot of stuff on YouTube you can check out. Go look at some of the stuff on Baylor and, you know, um, Houston, FAU. You can get a good idea. Cody Hawkins says, would have been nice to have Van over here. Thanks, NCAA. Yeah, I think Arkansas probably got 19 wins at least if they got Van over. I think that's right. With Hayden leaving, it doesn't help us to have two scholarships. With Hayden leaving, doesn't that give us two scholarships available now? No, that's unfortunately not how it works. So you only can bring in 25 new players each year, okay? You can only sign and bring in 25 players each year, regardless of what happens with your total roster. Now, it does open up spots with the 85. So you get 85 scholarship players total, 25 you can bring in new each year. Yes, those numbers don't add up properly. but uh, So, no, it doesn't open up anything with players you can bring in. But still, I mean, to bring in the full class that they want to bring in, they still have to have attrition, you know. And, you know, good luck to Hayden. He just, To me, he hasn't been the same since he broke his leg in the Auburn game. He just hasn't been the same back. It's the second time he's entered the portal, too. Came back last year. Daniel Passmore says, you can expect running and over-the-top throws, yes. You can. Scott Austin says, you think we'll make the tournament? I think they have a chance. I mean, you look at these remaining games. The toughest one is at Florida. They haven't won there since 95. That's the toughest one. They can beat LSU at home, and they can beat all the other teams. Individually, you look at them, they're not going to beat every one of them, but they can. And we'll see when they get Joe back. But they got seven games guaranteed, including one in the NCAA, excuse me, one in the SEC tournament, six regular season games. A lot of teams, a lot of places have them on the bubble. So, yeah, they can make the tournament. They just got to finish strong. And it would help to maybe get a buy. I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't. Maybe it would help the resume if they – no, I mean, that's, that's you can't have both ways. So, you got to get the buy. And by getting the buy, you that means you win more regular season games. Super wide splits from wide outs. Yes, super wide splits from wide outs. Daniel Passmore, you have done your research. You've looked at the videos. 
Daniel Passmore also says, Trey, how often have you do you have to shave your head to keep it that shiny? How dare you? How dare you, sir? Twice a week. Usually on Thursdays and Sundays, I believe. I believe that's my schedule. All right, everybody. It has been a while since I've sat in the seat and done a full 50-minute show, but we just wrapped it up. I want to remind everybody there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. This is your favorite part of the show, I know, but it's necessary. we got to do it. You're not going to find any shows that don't do this part. Facebook Live, be sure to follow the channel if you haven't done so already so it pops up anytime we come on live. Also available on YouTube. And um, be sure to subscribe to the channel and hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload a new video. Throw us a thumbs up if you haven't done so already. If you like the content that we're doing, throw us that thumbs up. Throw us a frowny face, laugh face, whatever you want to do. But that definitely helps us get our message out there when you do that. Also available on Apple Podcasts. We're a five-star right now. We want to stay that, so throw us another five-star review if you haven't done so already. And uh, if you like the content, then um, say something nice about us in the comments on Apple Podcasts. We certainly would appreciate that as well. And available anywhere else, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Google Podcasts, anywhere else you get, um, you can get podcasts. Uh, be sure to sign up for $1 right now for your first month or 30% off for your first year. All right, everybody. I want to thank you for your questions. Thank you for joining in on the show. Really appreciate everybody making the show super popular. Uh, thanks to Danny West for joining us, Pete Royer for catching us up, up on some baseball, and, of course, you for your questions. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we will catch you next time. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats.